My subject today is, and the Spirit of God moved. So let's go to page one and read a couple of verses. Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. My subject is, and the Spirit of God moved. God bless you. You may be seated. Imagine a world in darkness, ominous, menacing, a cosmos that was chaotic and confused, a universe without life, without life, light, love. And then the one thing that needed to happen, happened. The Spirit of God moved. I don't uh, profess to know all that I should know about creation. Now, I used to know lots and lots of stuff. If you had asked me when... uh, Brother Chance and I started pastoring. I was 23. You were 21. Dear God, why did they elect you pastor at 21? <laughs> same, same, same reason they elected me at 23. I'm telling you, we knew some trash back then. And nobody wanted to ask it, but we knew some stuff. I don't know. I don't know a lot of things. You don't look for me to explain. Dinosaurs. I do not know if Adam had a belly button. I I don't know where Cain got his wife. Think, don't think about that. That what I just referred to about Adam. That, that'll throw you off. Uh, there's a lot I don't know, but I do know that there's a lot to be said in the words: "The earth was without form and void and darkness." was upon the face of the deep. And what the earth needed to happen, happened. The Spirit of God moved. Envision a life with no hope. A person who has fallen and perhaps given up or entertained the thought of giving up. A family that is slowly suffering and dying. That individual, that family needs for the same thing to happen to them that happened to a chaotic universe in the first chapter of your Bible. And that is for the Spirit of God to move. What God did for a dark and chaotic universe, He wants to do for each of us for our families, for our neighbors, for our co-workers, for our 
friends. The Bible says that in ages past, Second Peter one twenty one, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It is the moving of the Spirit that alters situations, that changes our outlook about things that we are facing. It is the moving of the Spirit that rearranges the course of a person's life. This is what happens when the Spirit moves into an individual's life. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 says, But we are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of God, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit. It's the same Spirit. Uh, It's not a gathering of spirits. It is the same Spirit that moved on the, uh, the dark, chaotic universe. That is the same Spirit that wants to work in you and through you and for you and move in you every day of your life. It is the same Spirit. And what does the Spirit do best? I'll tell you what the Spirit does best. It moves. It moves. There's there's a lot of different emblems found in the Spirit for the Spirit, uh, in the Scripture for the Spirit. Many different emblems, but it's always compared to something in a state of motion. It's always moving. You know, a blowing wind can blow in from the south off the Gulf of Mexico uh, into Cameron Parish and continue to flow through Calcasieu Parish and Beauregard Parish and Allen Parish and Rapides Parish and Grant Parish and Caldwell Parish and uh, Washita Parish. It's not affected by county lines, state lines, political boundaries. When it starts moving, it just moves. That's why the moving of the Spirit is not affected by uh, whose name is on the mailbox at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. The Spirit moves where it desires, where it wishes. Jesus said in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus, The wind bloweth where it listeth, wherever the Spirit desires to move. I do not know you. I might could name three or four people in this house today. I do not know you. But I know this about you, and I know this about me. We need for the Spirit to move in us and through us and for us every day. 
There's a lot of things that we think we need that we do not necessarily need, but we need for the Spirit to move. There's always something moving. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. It does not discriminate uh, who it touches or blesses. In fact, the Bible says that it, uh, in the book of Job, I believe, it says that God causes it to rain where no man is. He, uh, it just, it's, it's, a, it's a moving action. You go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and the Scripture refers to currents that move around the earth and uh, waves that are constantly moving and winds that are blowing and uh, our planet, the earth, rotates at uh, every 24 hours it, it rotates. And, and it's part of a solar system that, that rotates at 66,000 miles an hour, give or take, you know. I hadn't figured it down exactly. And uh, then the whole solar system is part of the Milky Way galaxy, and it's constantly rotating, you know. So when if you wake up tired, you got reason to. You're on a planet that's moving and uh, in a universe that's moving. It's uh, the whole it's built on motion. God's moved on motion. The spirit wants to move the same way in your spirit as it moves in the natural world. It needs that. It's always compared to something that is moving. In John chapter 1 and verse 33, John the Baptist said that he saw the Spirit like a dove descending on Jesus and remaining. Descending and remaining on Him. This is when John baptized Jesus. It, It descended and then it didn't flee away. It it hovered. It stayed. It was probably in 1971. I drove my mother's car on a Friday night uh, with some young people from the Ball Church. And we went to Gina for a uh, youth rally. And I'm telling you, we had high, wide, and handsome church that night. I don't remember any details about it. I just remember the old Gina church then had wooden floors and, you know, how dust gets in the cracks, those old wooden floors, and you kind of get a cloud there. Some folks call that a holy cloud. No, it's just dust. But but anyway, uh, the, the power of God had moved so strongly in there, and young people were praying and dancing and, Speaking in tongues. It was just a glorious time. I don't want to be a part of a dead church. Dead church just makes me tired. I want to be a part of, I want to be led into the throne room of God by a worship team that's in movement. Not just necessarily physically, but they're involved. They're connected. They're engaged. Uh, to what the Spirit is doing. 
I want to be a part of something that's engaged. And I'm telling you, we had church that night. So we're driving back from Gina to Pollock on Highway 8. And Highway 8 then is not like it is now. Bethany, I can promise you that. It was, uh, I don't know if it was under construction or they had just worked on it and decided there wasn't much hope and quit. It was had big holes in it. It was just rough, rough, rough. And so here I am driving this car full of teenagers and somebody in the car started singing one of the songs that we sung in the uh, youth rally that night. And the same spirit that was in that church got in that LTD. And uh, we began to worship it. Power of God was working in that vehicle, and uh, I don't know how long that I drove. I, I don't have any idea. But when I came to myself, both of my feet were on the floorboard underneath the brake pedal, and both of my hands were on the roof of the car. And I was speaking in tongues. Now, I don't know if I drove 50 steps or 10 miles. I have no idea. Of course, I got back in the flesh quickly and got a hold of myself. But what the Spirit did remained on us. You know what? The Spirit is not just interested in what He can do in you today. He's interested in what He can begin in you today. And the changes that could happen to you that could not be something you just talk about how, oh, this was great today. But God would like to make some eternal changes in every one of us. He wants His Spirit to descend and remain upon us and be a part of us. Uh, on a regular basis. The Spirit wants to move in your life that way. Psalm 68 and 8 says, The earth shook, the heavens also dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself was moved in the presence of God, the God of Israel. The Spirit wants to move like that in your life. It wants, it wants to shake. If you've never been shaken by the Spirit, you ought to be shaken. I'll never forget, I received the Holy Ghost 55 years ago at the tabernacle in Tioga as an eight-year-old boy. Uh, I was praying by myself when I received the Holy Ghost. I knew when I got it, but I was praying by myself, and it was kind of a subdued thing. But a couple of months later... My father was pastoring over at Kilburn, and uh, somehow I wound up at the end of the service laying on my back on the platform. Now, if you've not been around Pentecost a long time, you've not seen some of the weird stuff that's happened. But I want to promise you, every crazy thing that you've ever heard about us is probably true, okay? Don't, don't be nervous about that. 
There's purpose behind it. And uh, I, I come from a long line of folks where there was a, a lot of that kind of stuff. So I'm laying on my uh, back on the platform, and our youth pastor, uh, his name was James Anderson, and James had huge hands, and they had big freckles on his hands. Hands you could look like he could snap a grizzly's neck with those hands. And he was laying over beside me. Now, I don't know how, again, I don't know how all this came about, but this is what wound up. And he laughed at me, looked over and laughed, and he laid that big old freckled hand right on my chest. And when he did, it felt like thousands of volts of electricity went through me. And I don't know, I, I may have lifted up off the platform, I don't know. But I, that's the first time that I've ever been physically shaken by the Spirit. It's not the last time. I want the Spirit to be able to shake me and move me that way. I do not want to be able to sit unmoved when the Spirit is moving. I want the Spirit to move in me. And I want it to bring something to pass in me. I want it to bring a response to me. That's so very, very important. Mark chapter 1 and verse 12, it was said of Jesus, Immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. The Spirit wants to move you like that. It wants to drive you into some areas. He would rather be able to draw you but sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes you just need the Spirit to drive you into some places that your flesh does not want to go. The Spirit wants to plant you in the middle of some situations that your flesh cries against. But there are some places that the Spirit wants you and it is willing to do whatever is necessary to get you at that place at that time because He knows it will be a life-changing experience for you. Sometimes you sit here, your pastor is preaching and you're, uh, it's Sunday morning and you were up a little late uh, Saturday night and... Uh, and had getting the kids ready for church on Sunday morning was a real challenge. You know, it, my wife never had any problems getting our kids ready for church. They were just so cooperative. <laughs> that is why we drove to church in different vehicles for decades. And uh, if you're going to have a fuss with your wife or vice versa, it's usually while you're getting dressed for church or on your way to church. And all of a sudden it dawns on you. You know, we ought to be speaking in tongues right now, not mad at each other. <laughs> I think I just treat a coon when I mentioned that. I got very close. But you could be in the house of God and you're a little engaged, unengaged. And all of a sudden the pastor says something. And it's like something just reaches out, grabs you, 
by the nap of the neck and shakes you. And all of a sudden you're awake. You're, you're listening. The Spirit wants to move you like that. It's, it, it's very important that you have those kinds of things. First Timothy 4 and 1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. The Spirit wants to speak to you. There's a lot of other voices in the world. The Bible says that there are many other voices in the world and none of them are without signification and they compete for your attention. You are exposed to twenty, at least 2,500 commercial messages every day. So there's all kind of voices that are uh, trying to speak to you. They're trying to sell you stuff that you don't want and they make it a, as appealing. And you, you try to read an article on Facebook, but there's constantly popping up everything from tires to ties to stuff you don't even want mentioned. It's because there's so many voices reaching for you. But the Spirit wants to speak. Hallelujah. The voice I hear falling on my ear. The Son of God discloses. That old song says, I want the Spirit to speak to me. I, I need the Spirit to speak to me. I need to be able to hear. The Spirit wants to move in my life that way with the voice of God. Peter was explaining about going to Cornelius' house in Acts 10 and preaching to the Gentiles. And he said, The Spirit bade me go. The Spirit bade me go. Nothing doubting. I'm in competition right now. You, you're, there's things you're thinking about. Did you know a preacher can get distracted while he's preaching? That, that can happen. You can think of stuff. I was on my way to church when I pastored in Natchez. I was on my way to church, and uh, it so happened most of the time when I would, was going to church on Wednesday night, was about the time that Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story come on. And I loved that religiously. And then right after he went off, there was a, uh, a, a song, a country song on the station that come on that I, I knew and are part of it anyway, tapping my foot. Anyway, got to the church, went to the office, made final preparations for the service, went down, sat on the platform several minutes before time for church, and all of a sudden I heard myself singing that old song. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't Rock of Ages cleft for me. <laughs> and I'm sitting on the platform, my Thompson Chain Bible on the table beside me, tapping my foot, singing some old country song. That just happens. Distractions. 
1 Corinthians 7.35 teaches us that we should strive to serve the Lord without distraction. You want the voice of God to hear. And you know what? You have to force yourself sometimes to think. You're uh, our uh, former, former district superintendent, Brother C.G. Weeks, had a phrase that he would use. He would say, you hear me, listen. Uh, We've heard him say that numerous times. Listen. Not, not just as a noise, not just white noise that you use one of these little noise machines to drown out noise and help you to sleep better, but be aware, be cognizant of what the Spirit is saying. Hallelujah. The Spirit wants to move in you that way this morning. The Spirit wants to move in every family in this house. This morning, seven times in Revelation chapter 2 and verse and chapter 3, this statement is found, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. I have a unique uh, memory. I've never heard anybody else say this, but I can vouch for this. I... I don't even know how to say it. But I can tell you the date of my first memory. I was three. I remember the date because it was my mother's birthday. February 26, 1959. We were living in a little community called Shivers, Mississippi. You've probably spent some vacation time there and with your family. Shivers, Mississippi. My dad pastored the New Hope Pentecostal Church. I followed a little puppy out into the woods. I don't remember that. My mother told me that. And I got lost. And so finally after a while I just sat down in the middle of a briar patch and started crying and that little puppy was right beside me, and I don't, I don't remember that happening. But I remember this voice. Timmy! I'm so glad I outgrew Timmy for my family. But I used to be Timmy. Timmy! I still remember it was my mother's voice. My mother was tall and slim and she was skin up like a tongue ox running through briar patches and she found me and hugged me up and we walked back to that little parsonage where we lived. I remember that. I want God to be able to call my name. I want God to be able to arrest my attention. I want Him to know that... I hear you, Jesus. I hear you. You're not just white noise to me. This is the voice of God. And the Spirit wants to move on you that way. He wants to do that personally today. I'm not desirous that you be moved by my words this morning. 
I want you to be moved by the Spirit. There's an old song that says, It took a miracle to put the stars in place. It took a miracle to hang the worlds in place. But when he saved my soul, cleansed and made me whole, it took a miracle of love and grace. You've heard a lot of old songs today. A lot of evangelists that the pastor has come through here don't don't know that kind of stuff. But when he saved my soul, it took a miracle of love and grace. Breathe on me, Jesus. Burn in me, Jesus. Rain on me, Jesus. Speak to my family, Lord. Joan and I are seeing answers to prayers in our own personal family. Uh, wonderful things, wonderful things in the Spirit. And God's been speaking and folks have been listening. I want the Spirit to speak to me and descend and remain on me. I don't want to just walk from this house today saying, boy, the, the Spirit was strong there today. I want the effects of it to follow me. The Spirit must be allowed to move because that's what it does best. Move in this house, Lord. Blow like a wind. Fall like a rain. Descend like a dove. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 4 says, And the posts of the door of the temple moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke. The Spirit wants you to move at his voice. God wants you to respond to the moving of the Spirit. You see, when the Spirit moves, light comes and life comes. It moves with purpose. Are there things that are bigger than you that you can't cope with that you're having a struggle handling? I tell you what, we all need. We all need for the Spirit to move in us. But God wants us to move when His Spirit moves. He does not want us to be disconnected. I remember when I was in Bible college, our president, Brother E.L. Holly, told us how when he was in the Navy, he was in a classroom and the instructor was teaching them about mustard gas. He said it was the most boring lecture I've ever heard in all my life. 
every one of us were dozing off. It was so boring. The man was not an interesting speaker. The subject did not light a fire in us. Mustard gas, you know. And then the instructor paused for a minute. And this is what he said. Go ahead and doze. Some of your GI buddies will dig your body out of a sand dune somewhere. And you will wish that you had listened better. Brother Holly said, all of a sudden, I was wide awake. I was not at all bored about the lecture on mustard gas. You have to respond. You have to let God know, I heard you, Jesus. In some way, you have to let God know. You know how there are some church services that are so forceful that they imprint themselves indelibly on the walls of your spirit. I'm thinking of a particular service. It was a camp meeting service Tuesday morning, July 6, 1982. We were gathered in the tabernacle. Brother C.M. Beckton was the Bible teacher. The subject of his Bible study that morning was overqualified. I, uh, it's one of those things I will never forget. How can you remember the date? No, well, just take my word for it. I can prove it. And because that was a particular day for me. And at the end of the service, everything that I have ever seen go on in a Pentecostal church was happening in that tabernacle. For you folks that, that are a little worried about us, you know, and say, you know, these folks are just a little bit off level here. You would have loved this service because... <laughs> Everything that I ever saw happen as far as people worshiping God, it was taking place. I was sitting on the platform. I had been sharing song-leading duties with Brother Timothy Creel, and I was on the platform. And uh, somehow we got to the end of the service, and... The power of God fell in that place. There was a there was a young man that was running back and forth uh, across the tabernacle. This was years and years ago, and uh, I still have the cassette tape of that. I have a cassette player too, so which is okay. That's all right. I don't have a... What's the little deal you stick in the car? What'd you say? MP. 
M. Yeah, I don't have one of them. <laughs> and uh, I do have a CD player, but they're going out. So I'm, I'm behind. I realize that. I was born about 30 years too late. But, oh, oh, and you can hear this on the cassette. There's this guy running back and forth across the tabernacle. The tabernacle was turned uh, in the, uh, no, this was the first year that it was turned in the direction that it is now. And so he's, he's running back and forth and he's going, Woo! And he gets over here and turns around. And when he gets close to the pulpit where the mic picks up his voice, it gets louder. Some of you are looking at me like I have lost my mind. I am telling you, I, I, I am a little off bubble, but I'm telling you the truth with my hand up right now. One of the most moving things that I ever saw in my life. About six or eight rows back on the center aisle, I watched a, a young father step out into the aisle and pull his wife and their three children. And he got them out in front of them, in front of him, and he herded them down the front. Th this was a bring your own guns location down here. I'm telling you, you needed protection if you was going to get down here. There were people dancing and rolling and running, and all of that was going on. And I watched this father herd his family tears running down his face. And he got them down right here where Whooping Crane was coming across, back and forth. And he wrapped his arms around them. And he just looked up into heaven. Man, I wish I've told this story a lot of different times. I wish I knew who that man was. I wish I had known who he was. But I think I know what he was thinking. I think he was saying, I want my family in the middle of this. I want my children to pitch their tent here. I don't want there to be a doubt as to what we're going to do. We're going to be in the middle of the moving of the Spirit. Would you stand with I have never forgotten that particular morning. And you know what? You need to let God know that you're responding some way to His voice today. I don't know. I don't remember what your Sunday morning custom is, but I will say this. Every good thing that's ever come my way, I have found at an altar. I found her at an altar when I was 17 years old. And uh, she's still sitting beside me tonight. And 
It's, it's been at least 20 years since we married. And, uh, but if you're gonna, if you're gonna say, okay, Lord, I hear you, He wants to know, okay, what you gonna do about it? How you gonna respond to it? And as they sing, would you? Well, there's some folks here that would like to make their way toward the front, thus signifying to God, I hear you, Jesus. I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond in your voice. I hear you. Spirit of the Lord is here. Spirit of the Lord is here. And I'm going to respond to it. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost know that I mean business. I'm not just here because it's Sunday morning. I'm here because I need for the Spirit to move in me. I need for the Spirit of God to work in me. For the Spirit of 